welcome to the It's Day podcast. We are the independent press standards organisation, the independent regulator of the majority of the UK's newspaper and magazine industry. These podcasts are for anyone who's interested in newspapers, journalism, the media and how it's regulated, and of course, It's Day's work. My name's Vicky, I'm your host, and today I'm joined by Madeline Tallack, who is our Complaints and Arbitration Officer, because we're talking about our new compulsory arbitration scheme, which we've just announced, um, which is for making legal claims against newspapers and magazines. Hello, Vicky. Hi, Maddie. Um, so, first of all, Maddie, tell us a little bit about what arbitration actually is. Yes, so arbitration is a way in which you can access your legal rights without going to court. So it's an alternative to the alternative dispute resolution. And what that really means in simple terms is it's a legal process. So going into court... Um, there's, it's based on the law, and an arbitrator, um, rather than a judge, will be making a decision on your claim, and you'll have access to remedies, similar remedies, that you would if you went to court, such as damages. Okay, so if it's like going to court, what's the point of people using this scheme instead of doing that? Yeah, so um, people often think of court processes to be intimidating, it's long and drawn out and not to mention very expensive and i mean expensive. we've all seen those kind of huge multi-million legal claim exactly. cases haven't we exactly we've all seen it on the news the big libel cases involving millions of pounds and that is a real reality in these kind of cases whereas in our arbitration scheme the costs are covered so you'd be only paying fees of up to £100, £50 initially and further £50 if you want to copy it to a final ruling. So it really is cheaper and it's also quicker than going to court. Um, and I, I mean, presumably it also kind of levels the playing field a little bit for people because you know, big national newspapers clearly have massive legal teams. Exactly. If you're just kind of ordinary Joe blog, you clearly don't have that, do you? Yeah, and you definitely don't level the playing field and you know, with with those, like I say, big newspapers with those armies of like lawyers. Um, so all about, I guess, giving people low cost access to justice. Exactly. Um, I think it's probably a good idea here just to kind of draw out what the difference is between arbitration and it's those kind of normal complaints process. So obviously, anybody can make a complaint about a member of it's say um, under the Articles Eight mm-hmm. that is free. Mm-hmm and will obviously continue to be free. Yeah. Um, how is arbitration different? Yeah, so it, it is really important to, to think about the differences between our usual complaints process, which, as you say, is free and is under the Editor's Code of Practice, and arbitration, which is a legal process. Um, it don't cost you money to make a, a claim against a newspaper. Um, it can cost up to 50 in fees and, and if not a hundred as I just mentioned previously so it is different and rather than our complaints committee deciding whether or not there's been a, a breach of the editor's code you have an impartial arbitrator deciding whether or not the law has been broken and presumably kind of um, we'll go on and talk about this a little bit more but kind of different remedies available mm. but I suppose the reason that I mentioned this is just kind of for anybody that's thinking about um, what they should do 
um, in terms of notice complaints, so you kind of yeah. have two options to go down the kind of yeah. the regulatory yeah. complaints route and yeah. the legal route, which is now compulsory. Yeah. Okay, so I think without making it too complicated, can we kind of briefly outline what the kind of the process for arbitration mm-hmm. is? Mm-hmm. So it do operate two different types of arbitration. Since 2016, we have operated a voluntary version of the scheme. Now, that is still running. Some publications, such as the magazines, are still within that scheme. Mm, so that's uh, Condé Nast. Condé um, Nast. So people like Vogue. Yeah. And also yeah. Press Association. Exactly. So if I, you know, our, our strong complaints on the compulsory scheme are obviously because uh, as that's recently been announced. So if you want to make a claim against a newspaper which is part of the, the compulsory scheme so we're talking about publications like the sun the times the sunday times telegraph big national um, yeah so all the national newspapers that are regulated by ipso um are in the compulsory yeah. scheme yeah so what you do is you make an inquiry into ipso you know using all the literature that we've got on our website so really helpful information on you know what you need to show in order to you know demonstrate your claim so you read that you have gone on to their website and you filled out an inquiry form um, that's giving brief details of your your claim um, so you send that in and I would have a look at that and if it falls within the remit of our scheme so it's no good in time um, you know it's against the happiness person publications um, and of course it's the type of claim that exactly. the scheme deals with as well exactly um, I would then send you a claim form and that gives you the opportunity to explain to the arbitrator you know just why you think the law has been broken and I'll obviously help you as best as I can with that but ultimately it's your you know for you to explain why you believe the law has been broken so after that your claim form and all those documents are going to be sent to the publication now that's to give them an opportunity to obviously see the claim that's been made against them because obviously up till now they have absolutely no idea that you've made this claim mm. um, now there's an opportunity for them to say you know we want to settle this claim with you so we'd like to make you an offer um, and they must do that within certain time frames but it's really important to remember that under the compulsory scheme you've got a right to go straight to arbitration if you want to so they make an offer to you and and say you don't want to you want to go to arbitration you want an arbitrator to be appointed they've got no choice but to go to arbitration with you so after that point if you say to them you know i don't want to settle it with you i want to go to arbitration we will you know the, the claim form and all those documents and the publisher's response will be sent to the center of effective dispute resolution and so they kind of independently run after it so the scheme is not run by it so it's run yeah. by kind of an independent third party exactly so we actually and obviously we operate the scheme obviously new but the actual process and the kind of the doing the, the doing of it is operated by Stephen completely independently sure so um, so they would then appoint an arbitrator to decide on your claim they're very experienced media law barristers with you know many years of experience and you can see them all on our website as well exactly um, and they will then take a look at your claim and determine 
ellsworth territory der die ukraine de facto in enger verbindung bringt den sech kolonisierend an der südpolmeere an videsch provinzen ofbilt vun der nordiekraine bezeechent gëtt d'fuchse territorien an der afghanesche seelen the claimant or something like that so there's many different finance you know non-financial remedies that are available under the scheme so for this scheme do you need to use a lawyer no you don't need to use a lawyer our scheme has been really has been designed to make it as you know accessible and straightforward as possible but that being said you know, as it is a legal process, you need to really explain to the arbitrator how the law has been broken. Um, and obviously I can help you as best I can, but I can't give you legal advice. So if you do want that you know, specialist help or um, knowledge, then you may want to consider you know, speaking to a lawyer. Mm. So you don't have to, it's completely up to you. Presumably, if you did choose to use a lawyer, there are obviously kind of cost sure. implications involved. Sure. you might have to pay their fees um, and in which case uh, obviously that you know that's not something that is capped under the scheme so that'll be something that you would have to consider but you may get those costs back from the publication if your claim is successful okay so we're talking about lawyers so we may as well talk a little bit about the types of claims under the law that you can make as yeah. part of this scheme yeah so um, there's lots of information on our website um, but I'll just briefly go through um, the different types of claims that you can make. So the first one is defamation. So that is, you know, if a newspaper has published something about you, Vicky, that you know is seriously, you know, damaged. I should certainly hope not. <laughs> well, but, you know, they you have come to arbitration if you if you do believe that. Happening. <laughs> so it's the statement is is considered under the law to be defamatory if it's likely to cause um, serious harm to re the reputation of you. So it's all about reputational damage. You know, what did the article say about you? What did it mean about you to mean that your reputation has been lowered in the eyes of the reader? And how can you demonstrate that? Um, so, you know, that's defamation. Um, mis uh, malicious falsehood. Um, is slightly different so that is a statement which is untrue um, but you have to demonstrate that it's been published maliciously so I can give a quick example on that Ooh, please do so um, say for example a solicitor says that um, a another solicitor has retired now that's not particularly defamatory that's not going to lower his reputation mm. in the eyes of people you know being retired is not 
you know, damaging. But say is that completely false and that other solicitor knows it, then second solicitor's clients may think, well, I'm not going to go to that solicitor for work. And that's going to damage your Absolutely. damage you in some mm. way. So um, it's showing that a statement is made in tr- is untrue, but it's being published maliciously because they know it to be untrue or, or something like that. So mm. that's, that's malicious falsehood. Slightly different to kind of the publication of, of, of words specifically is misuse of private information. Now, that's about your right to privacy. Um, so did the article you know, disclose a photograph of you taking it in this you know, private moment um, which you feel has intruded into your privacy for, for whatever reason? Um, and there's always a balancing act which has to be made that the arbitrator will have to determine between your right to privacy and the publication's right to freedom of expression um, and the publication may be seeking to argue that they were justified to intrude into your privacy in the taking of that photograph because it was in the public's interest, uh, in the public interest to um, have that published. Mm, I mean, I know in uh, previous podcasts, um, in particular, people are more interested in um, the kind of public interest, particularly yeah. the photography one, I think, um, mm. is a good one to go back and listen to if you want to find out more about that. Yeah. Um, but we digress. <laughs> Um, and uh, another um, groundless claim is harassment. So, um, you know, people that may know the Editors Code of Practice quite well, Clause Three, harassment talks about um, requests to desist and not photographing people when there has been a request to desist um, or contacting them, telephoning them, questioning them. Um, under the law, it's quite a high bar for harassment. You've got to show that there's been a course of conduct um, which a reasonable person would consider to be harassment. Um, so it's quite a high bar to, to reach um, as opposed to maybe situations of harassment which have been found under the Editor's Code of Practice. Mm. So kind of slight, again, the difference between the complaints process yeah. and this process here. Yeah. But you know, nonetheless, there, there may be some instances where it, that is. Exactly, there may be, you know, certain situations which um, the committee may find to be a breach of clause three and the arbitrator may find to be a breach of of, of the law mm. um, so there are similarities absolutely and then everybody's favorite because you know we've just got over gdpr data protection data protection yeah so this is all about your personal information um, the storage of that the disclosure of that um, and you know within an article or the handling of your personal data um so yeah they're the five kind of relevant claims that you can make under the scheme okay so if people are thinking that they do have a genuine legal claim Mm. um what should they do next so what you should do is you should take a look on our website so that's www.ipsa.co.uk slash arbitration. Exactly. This is I'm just going <laughs> to put it better myself. Um, so go on our website. Um, there's lots of information there about the process, about just claims you can make under the scheme. Um, you can also contact me 
um, and I'd be happy to um, you know give any advice I yeah, can. Contact details are on the website as well, aren't they? Exactly. Um, yeah. Great. Well, thank you very much for joining us today, Nadie. Um, it's been really good to hear about the new compulsory scheme yeah. um, and we, we kind of really hope that um, people will use it. Yeah. Um, so if you're interested, don't hesitate to get in touch with us. Absolutely. Um, and thanks very much to our audience for joining us on this podcast. And as always, let Thank us know you. what you think. Um, it, we are at It's A News on Twitter and Facebook. And well, we'll be sure we'll be back again soon talking about some more fascinating regulatory matters. Yeah.